Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the return of the show. My name is Abraham, and with me is my co-host, Ben. And today we are talking about the one and only Chainsaw Man, episode three. We're going vrooming on those chainsaws. Not only are we going to be vrooming the chainsaws, we're also going to be vroom vrooming on some of the people who are returning viewers who aren't subscribed to the channel. So if you are one of those people who is not subscribed, do it or may Pochita have mercy on your soul. I will personally find a chainsaw and go to every single person's house who has watched this and has watched our content previously, but is still not subscribed. And there, there's, quite frankly, a lot of you. Yeah, there's a lot of you. So do it or else. Uh, but anyways, today, <laughs> today we're talking about uh, not just episode three, which is titled Meowie's Whereabouts. We're also going to be talking about the other episodes prior because we have not been doing it week to week. Our main focus of this video is going to be breaking down and giving an explanation for the magic system on Devils and the implications of it, because that was a big, big piece of information that was dropped this week. But before we do that, Ben, yes, you just caught up on Chainsaw Man. I'd like to know your thoughts on the first three episodes. I did. Um, so, oh, first of all, I do think that this show is incredibly fun very silly, but unfortunately, some of the silliness is also, um, let's just say it could be problematic or more accurately is problematic. What? 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 No what? way. No. What am I possibly talking about? Um, so it, mainly this show is just very horny, aggressively horny. I am talking like 
it is constantly, especially with the opening intro, like it just randomly goes up to a fucking 11. And this is it's more kinky than it is horny, I would say. Like and that, that's an important distinction to make. There is puppy play as shown in the in the trailer and yep, in the second yep. episode. No, they like they will. They just love calling Denji a dog uh, and keeping that like very submissive in imagery. OK, so this is where I find things to be problematic. And first of all, I just want to say something uh, to start this off. I am not a woman. So therefore, some of the context that I have, I can only speak on from a the knowledge of being a man. So I would definitely like to invite any of our woman listeners who also definitely know the context of this and are watching it. And if you know the manga even better to just kind of give us some thoughts on this, because I think that this show is doing something different than because a lot of times when we talk about sexism in anime we're talking about the sakura trope which previously we have talked about is like kind of dying off but like this is kind of invocative of the other problem which is just the sexualization and hypersexualization but at the same time this show is doing something different where it's kind of at the forefront of the main character instead of just being something that's just like ah you're watching an anime intro and up oh, there's boobs. Oh, there's boobs again, where this is like there's an entire scene that's just like, I just want to touch some boobs. I just want to touch some boobs. It's not just I want to touch some boobs. It is like what is it's like the anime. What is my goal scene? Except it is to touch <laughs> boobs. Yes, it's almost parody level. But the issue is that with parody, there has to be obvious intent. And this does not land as parody for me. I will say. There is something about the aloofness and horniness of Denji where, like, I feel like his horniness comes from more of a place of he doesn't even know what sex is. He's just kind of figuring it out. I He's like, I didn't even think I would be th- here this long. Um, He's literally been living in, like, a basement, in like, a, in, in, like, an alleyway, in, like, a little shack for his whole life. So, yeah, he doesn't even know what sex. He's never had sex, never had a girlfriend, never had a meal. So there is an innocence to all of it a little bit. And to what you said about it not landing as parody, I don't know. Just because he he compared police officers fighting to save their loved ones and fighting in the Call of Duty to him wanting to touch boobs, I think because of how hard they're juxtaposing the dreams of all of these characters, I feel like it. I feel like it was intentional, and I think it did, at least for me it landed. Well, no. So here's the thing: is that there's a difference between comedy and parody. So parody has to have an obvious thing that it is juxtaposing to fair. itself. That's that's where fair. that is very much just like I'm watching this show and I'm just like that. This man is on a mission and he is so goddamn horny, which honestly, I don't think that there's necessarily anything super wrong about that. I do think that it's like, ah, yes, we th- this definitely exists within the genre itself and is problematic on the fact that it's so rampant. And then the fact that in this piece of media that we're seeing it at the forefront kind of makes me do a double take but where it becomes a little bit more problematic actually is with the representation of the woman in the show so like i can talk about the fact that he's horny all i want and there's nothing that really comes up as being a problem with this but then we are talking about a character who is essentially 
discovering the opposite sex for the first time. He's discovering women as people that just he has not had in his life at all. And to have the first woman that he ever interacts with essentially just be like the most dominant person ever and having them like immediately objectify him in a way that I was not anticipating is kind of where the weirdness starts coming in, because there is a change in power dynamic that you would not have seen in previous animes. Previous animes really love to show women as being extremely submissive. And this is not doing that. And we're going to we're going to have to circle back around the whole because there are other female characters that we do have to talk about uh, in relation to the Devil Hunter Association. Makima is a big point that we'll circle back to later. I, I don't know. I feel like because they know the genre and because I know the genre and we know the genre, this is, like you said, making us do a double take a little bit more. Yeah. Which is why I'm not my guards not immediately up. Because they're being so vocal with this. I also but, want to say, I am more or less just confused on how to feel on this. I do not think that I have enough information to make a like, oh, this is a sexist show. But I do think that it is leaning in a direction where I'm like, I could make the argument for this and I could also make the argument against it at the same time. I know that there is going to be another really good spot for us to talk about this. So I do want to save it for then. Yes. And one more thing before we jump in. Ben and I are not manga readers. We have not seen or read the manga. We are going into this blind. And it's with that that we kind of want to discuss this first big piece of information that was dropped in episode three. And it is the magic of the devils. So for those of you who were not privy to this, uh, uh, or sorry, for those of you who are not privy to this information, <laughs> uh, after, watching, uh, after watching episode three, here is basically what Makima breaks down in the car ride in one scene. Essentially, there is a devil for seemingly any inanimate object uh, or concept, potentially. She goes on to explain that a coffee devil is not going to be powerful because it is not feared, whereas a car devil might. And that is because all devils get their power from the fear of humans. The more that they are feared, the more powerful they will become. Additionally, we've already kind of gotten some information uh, before where devils are able to get more powerful by drinking blood. And we also were given information about devils being able to inhabit human bodies and become fiends, where they take on the uh, characteristics of the devil that's inhabiting them. So we saw the little Cthulhu man and powers. Another example, her horns are, I guess, a symbol of the blood devil that's inhabiting this seemingly lifeless corpse that is power. So they did make it pretty explicit. The one thing that gives away what a fiend is, is the um, is their uh, is their head appearance, not just their physical appearance, but specifically their head, which is where things kind of become interesting, because like we see that when Denji is in his devil form, it is specifically his head that is turning into this. So he's kind of like a fiend, but the other way around. Yeah, well, it's also coming out of his hands, too. The, the literal, the chains coming out in between his fingers, the, the pole cord that's coming out of his chest. He, he is definitely a hybrid between a, like a weird, it's, he's not quite a fiend. It's something that was actually explained in the previous episode. Which is why they are taking so much interest in him. And honestly, 
it has really big implications for the rest of the show going on. But first, I want to back it up to one thing. So they explicitly are just like, ah, oh, if a devil is something that's really strong and feared by many people, then they would be powerful. And like the specific example that they gave was a car devil. And it's like, ah, I can easily imagine being killed by a car. Therefore, the car devil is going to be very, very scary and very dangerous. So what does that say about uh, Pochita? That's kind of the one question that arises. And it's not just like, what about Pochita? It's like, what even is he? Because, yes, he's the chainsaw devil, but, you know. He's so cute. Yeah, why? I mean, chainsaws are pretty scary. Why is this little chainsaw? I mean, he was injured in episode one. He was. But at the same time, yeah, why is he why is he so goddamn cute? Also, I just I, I need to get something out of the way. Will the will he be back? I, I am so sad that he died on the first episode. He's <laughs> too fucking cute. I need more of Pochita. I, I, I'm upset. I'm really shocked because I was actually uh, talking to some friends about this and they were kind of going on about um, how, yeah, Pochita might like live on like a force ghost. Like, maybe he'll be able to talk to him every now and again. But we're three episodes in. He, he's gone. Yeah. Where is he? Where, where's the little doggy? So I have heard, actually, that in the manga, he's kind of like a he's kind of like a mascot for the meta or more accurately, like the narration. So like every manga page that you open up, he's supposedly like on the cover doing something cute or like showing up to like give an announcement about the real world or something with the speech bubble like yeah but we don't get that we're just no no we don't get to see him all the time i would be shocked if we don't get to see him again before the end of the series before the end of the season i mean i mean it would be ballsy i think the show's pretty good so far and they actually are playing off of the aspect of his death really well from a storytelling aspect which is I mean, obviously, this manga has had a massive following for a reason. The story and the art are incredibly good. Now, again, will the uh, cuteness of having him as a mascot translate to the anime? No. Do I wish that they had come up with some other way for us to interact with him regularly in the anime? Yes. I, I'm kind of in that same boat, though. I will commend them if they just decide to keep him locked away until the finale of the show or something like that. <laughs> but regardless. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, kind of back to the 
like the conversation of what is Pochita and also just the implications for this episode and the magic system reveal. There's also another line about the use of devils by use of other international superpowers, yes. namely the United States. United States and Russia were the two that were named. Makima's giving like a talk to a group of suits that I, I guess work at the Devil Hunter Association. And she's like, yeah, they, uh, they could be using this. Hopefully they're not going to use them for military purposes, which is, a, which is just super scary already off the rip. There's a lot of implications here about like how that could happen. Like Denji's one of the only people that we have seen, even with the concept of taming a devil let alone becoming one, which I'd imagine is the reason why Makima is like, huh, I have to keep an eye on this guy, because if this is successful, then like we have a case of super soldiers right here. It's also something to point out that we haven't really seen. We've seen power fight, obviously, like she's a fiend, so she would naturally be powerful. But this other character who we saw last episode, who was kicked repeatedly in the balls, I forget his name off off the top of my head, but he's seemingly a member of the organization. He carries a katana. I would imagine he'd be able to fight. So I am curious how the people who are not infused with devil power, how they're able to fight in this devil association, if they even can. This is kind of the interesting thing is like we know that the Devil Hunters Association with Makima, they formed this as an experimental unit and we clearly have a fiend and whatever the fuck Denji is. So odds are if we're talking about the use for international warfare, like we can see two case studies right here. If Denji's not the only thing like Denji, then that means that other countries have probably figured out how to develop super soldiers. Or they have figured out how to do what they have done with power and tame or ally themselves with fiends so that they can kind of just like exist within human society, be able to like slip into another country and then be super soldiers, essentially. Now, how that's going to work is a different story, because I feel like we've been pretty established that devils and humans do not get along well again with the exception of like denji see that's the thing i'm like i am curious about that because if denji's able to work with pochita it I, it would follow suit that other devils that are lesser that maybe aren't like like uh like what's this what would be a scary devil like uh like the terrorism devil i don't know <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the gun devil that's an easy one gun devil sure Maybe there are lesser devils that could potentially like be called on, like like maybe it's like a Pokemon rules kind of situation. Like maybe are they are they making deals with devils to like call on their power? Is it that kind of deal, or are they just like I'm a great warrior, I can just fight them without any powers? I'm just curious to see how that will play out in the next episode because you know this bat devil's taken care of seemingly, right? Yes. Yeah. So. I wonder what's going to happen when uh, when the rest of the group joins the fray, if they do, if they report back to HQ, if there's more missions. I don't know. I mean, we're going to see more of the Devil Hunter Association. Obviously, clearly power is a big part of the story. And like, she's not dead. Maybe her cat is, but I feel like that would be ballsy of the artist and the anime to be like, ah, and the cat's also dead because you haven't killed enough pets. 
They 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 already did it once. Yep. I know I know the cat I know the cat's totally on the table, but like I I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out hope. But regardless, the full element of um this, I feel like Denji is not gonna be the only person that is like this. We're gonna see fiends being weaponized by if not the Devil Hunter Association, when the other military powers that have now been introduced as a Chekhov's gun, mind you, the second that they were introduced, we know we're going to see them in the story later down the line. We're going to see weaponized devils. We're going to see human versus human interests that are wielding these powers in some way. Now, again, if there's other Denjis or if it's just other powers remains to be seen. Um, but I imagine by the lengths of the story, by the time everything's done, there will be both. Now, as for the Devil Hunter Association itself, I'm really curious about specifically one character, and that's Makima. Yes. Because <laughs> I, her eyes, that, that is not an accidental character design choice, especially when you take a look at Power's eyes. Makima's all around. I get weird vibes. I get very, very, very weird and off-putting vibes from Makima, not just for the eyes, but just her ability to exert power, not just on Denji, but also power as well. Because in this episode, in the beginning, just as she's able to, like a dog, like beck and call Denji, she's able to rein in power. Another thing that really stuck out to me as being a potential commentary on this is uh, she also seems to have a really big leash on um i'm forgetting him because he's been so far very insignificant we've only seen him in one episode uh the guy who's been kicked in the nuts multiple times <laughs> guy who's been kicked in the nuts i that is I, his character I, name. I know he will become very important they just haven't given him the screen time and so far he's just been kicked in the balls so yep. th that's his name until he proves otherwise <laughs> that being said he stated that no, she's a good person and had saved him beforehand. So all of the characters are kind of having this, uh, for lack of a better term, be, the only reason why I'm saying this is because they keep the imagery so hard. They all seem to be somewhat dominated by Makima. And, a, and I'm using that word very particularly because of the imagery and because that's kind of the vibe that you get off her character that that's her whole thing she controls other people at all cost but also it comes very naturally to her and i kind of my my hypothesis is that she is a fiend or she is the same thing as denji and just hasn't told anyone i mean it's possible i mean you were saying the same thing about the eye like not the eyes that the head of a devil or a, the head of a fiend is changed and altered based on the person who's inhabiting it. Power has both the eyes and horns, and they are calling so much attention to her eyes. They also look like targets, like bullseyes, kind of, like spirals. So I definitely see that as being a possibility. If she's a villain, I don't know. I don't think she... Yeah, because like, like what you were saying about, uh, by the way, uh, his name was Aki. The guy Aki, who's been kicking the balls. You. Yeah, that's his name. Um, don't worry, I looked it up on Google while you were talking. But anyways, <laughs> as, uh, as Aki says, you know, Makima is a good person. So this could be, I mean, it, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say an Itachi situation where 
like they are doing bad things for good reasons kind of deal. Maybe they're just shady undertones, but it's actually like for a really, really important reason. Maybe they're just all, maybe this is just a red herring and they're just a good guy and they just seem creepy. That could also be on the table. No, I mean, like, I, I have to see. My opinion of the show actually will be very dependent on um, Makima's character regarding how I feel about its, um, its, its treatment of women as a whole, but also, like, the overall horniness of it. I think that she will at least serve a minor antagonistic role for a little bit. That will not make her necessarily the villain, though. I actually think that she probably has everyone's better interest they're setting her up actually to have conflict about being attached to both denji and power though it's very explicitly stated that like hey don't you like get attached to these guys that are in this unit because like they might not work out and when that happens we gotta kill them and she's like oh yeah of course but again we're now seeing a Chekhov's gun type thing is like, okay, this potential for conflict has now been introduced. So therefore, this character will have to deal with potentially that conflict at some point. So she will have to make a choice at some point about whether or not to keep these guys alive. And it's going to be at least difficult for her. And they did a really specific line about how Power's horns are too noticeable. Which does imply that potentially Th- other there are fiends not noticeable ones. Yes. Yeah. It, because if other fiends can fully blend into society, take over a human, and then they like don't make too much alteration, then of course you could easily have this situation. Now, again, it's been three episodes, and the second episode was mostly very goofy. The third episode has actually given us something as far as plot and magic system and world building is concerned. So we will see. I did kind of want to talk a little bit about the power dynamics at stake a little bit more between all of the characters and that control that you were saying uh, that Makimo was, was exuding on kind of all of the characters. I wouldn't say it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's overt and it's not necessarily manipulation. I mean, it's manipulation in the fact that like, if you don't do it, I'll kill you. Um, but it's not, it, but you're right. It's it's not not malicious. Yeah, I will say one of the first things that I heard about being a potential uh, theme within this show was the idea of an abusive relationship. We're going into that. One of my like main gripes about this is, again, like earlier on, I was like, ah, I don't know how to feel about the show because all the women have been extremely dominant, which we're not used to. And Honestly, I feel like that's more attributed to how horny and kinky this show is. Because, like, again, there's dog play. He's constantly being called a dog. They're constantly comparing him to a dog. And, like, she's like, ah, you need a woof for me. And it's, okay, yeah. But the thing is, is, like, it's only really the women in the show that are being constantly sexualized. And not only that, if they are in a position to be constantly antagonistic or like if we're constantly calling into question the morality of all of the women in the show in particular, then that's where my problems are going to start arising. And that's kind of the reason why Makima's character, the direction that she turns is going to be so crucial to what I think about the show overall. 
Because if it just if it turns out that she has very legitimate reasons for doing what she's doing and she's just also kinky, then great. And if she turns out to be a good person, then great. But also, like, this is where things get a little weird as far as like when you're talking about kink and like dominant and submissive is the thing is like, I don't think this show actually does a great job of showing what that actually looks like in a character because she's technically in charge all the time. You wouldn't usually see a character that like is dominant, but also is like dominant in what is very obviously a sexual way. Like normally there is a duality in that, but we're not really getting that. And then Denji is like, I, I this is, he is the most submissive human being in existence. He does anything for anyone as long as there is some sort of sexual favor at the end of it. Yeah, not it's not only going to be, you know, up to Makima, it's also going to be about power as well. Because whereas Makima is this sort of, I, I would say like a an idealized, like fantasy version of a woman that he's attracted to. Like he puts her up on a pedestal. He's like, yes, mommy, anything for me, anything for you, mommy. Like that's, <laughs> that is who Denji is as a person. Whereas with power, there seems to be like almost a transactional relationship and where that can sort of be problematic right now because of how this last episode ended. I have hopes for how it could evolve if they actually like do this in a correct way. Because again, as you were saying earlier in the episode, Denji's relationship with women is non-existent. It's because he's lived a sheltered life. He has been pretty much physically and physically and like mentally abused all of his life. He's never known anything other than fighting to survive. So if they can use power as a way to self-actualize like his own worldview, as well as, you know, Denji doing the same thing for power, that sort of transaction where the two of them are sort of learning from each other, because, you know, the ending of this episode, they are having a sort of back and forth about how power now understands Denji and how he feels about the loss of Pochita. And, you know, Denji, uh, you know, uttered those feelings as well in, uh, in a scene halfway through the episode. Yeah. So if they are able to catapult this seemingly very crude and and horny 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 character into one that is actually like reflective and is going like i don't know like hey maybe women have feelings too yeah maybe they're maybe they're just kind of cool <laughs> maybe women aren't just sex objects which i will uh, so i'll agree with you i think that that is actually the way that the story could go that will deal with all these things because i also found myself going like uh, I kind of ship them. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of really good elements from how these characters can interact. And sure, they don't like each other right now. But like throughout the course of this episode, they are coming to understand each other. And they have a lot more in common than they realize. Yes. Yes, they do. Like, they, they like the fact that they were both so dirty and filthy, like in their in their like pre Devil Hunter Association phase of their life like before you know before power was with makima she was just naked running around dirty killing animals and just going feral same thing with kind of with uh with denji he was just living and serving this 
mob boss? No, it's it, like they are really good foils to each other. And the show knows what it's doing. It knows that they're foils and it no like it definitely wants us to come up with this ship. It wants us to compare them and go, ah, they can learn a, like they can learn a lot from each other. Now, that being said, like, I do think that some of the transactional relationship between power and Denji, first of all, it's hysterical. It's one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. The whole like, ah, if you help me get my cat back, I can let you touch my boob. And of course, power <laughs> doesn't have any idea of like the richer implications of that. Like, she's just like, I'm a devil. I don't really understand what's going on in these human bodies. But like, fine, if that's what it takes to get my cat, I'll do yeah. it. So like, obviously feeling like no feelings are reciprocated in that. However, it is consensual, which is important. That being said, like, I kind of see power as being um, like she is sexualized, but she is not done in the same sort of dominant, submissive uh, relationship that Denji is having with um, Makima. And there is an angle for this to go where it will show Makima as potentially an abuser and that being said, they will be coding a uh, domination with abuse, which I don't know how I feel about. Again, I don't think that I because I think power will be as equally dominant. No, I don't. I, I don't think I, I don't think I don't think power is a dom. I do not. I, I'm sorry. You you really looked at the woman who said the game is afoot. I can smell blood. Ramsacked. Uh, what is it called? A uh, uh, a devil with her hammer trick this dude into giving giving his body to a bat devil like how much I don't am know. i gonna reveal I, about myself right now um I, oh god oh god okay how, maybe just how do, how do i say this um power is if anything a brat i don't know if you know what that is yes i know what a brat is okay i'm aware great but i think in the real i still stand by what i'm saying i still think denji is too much of a too much of a bottom to even even <laughs> even he can't even climb that mountain. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't matter who he's with. He's always he's always getting topped. Even with Aki, even with Power, with Makima, with his boss, with you know, like every relationship that this man has ever had, he is not the one in control. No, you're right about that. I I do think that and yeah, like Power might not like be as as dominant as Makima is, and I'm obviously not saying just from a sexual point of view i just i just mean in terms of dynamics in terms of dynamic no she would be the one in control which i however the only issue is that the show has immediately um the writer very clearly knows what kink is very clearly knows what bdsm is and is coding these characters as such so we do it is suddenly i never thought i'd say this kink is suddenly a valid lens to look at these characters through Oh, Jesus Christ. I never thought that it would come to that. But here we are. It just depends on how they're going to write that relationship. Really, I'm just curious to see how Power is going to react once she gets ripped out of the Bat Devil's stomach. If if that deal is still going to be on the table. I I think Denji's going to get to touch some boobs. I I do think good for him. I think he's going to get to touch some boobs. But like. If he does that, what what happens next? Character arc over? He's done? I don't think character arc's over. I think that 
Denji is a person who has never even conceptualized himself having sex. And if you noticed, episode one, he just wanted a hug. Episode two, he said, I want to touch some boobs. Episode three, he is on the mission to touch some boobs. Once he's done touching boobs, he's going to be like, ah, what's next for me? Because I suddenly reached the end of the line. Hmm, maybe I want to do something more than touching boobs. That's that's the level that he's going at, because he's this is a man who has never conceptualized himself living this long. And he's just like, wow, touching boobs seems like the biggest deal in the world, because for him it is. And he's going to quickly realize that's not fulfilling. So he's going to look for the next hole to fill in his oh, soul. Yeah. That, that um, came out. Yep. I'm so that sorry. Out. That's not <laughs> that what I came meant. out very wrong. I'm just going to steamroll that and just say, I love the idea of Denji touching boobs and then going, well, that was underwhelming. <laughs> 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 I hope it, I mean, it could very well be played like that. Who knows? Again, only three episodes in and we've already got this much to talk about as far as devils and power dynamics and the magic system and Makima. But hey, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Join us next week for our next episode of The Return of the Show. We'll be answering the age-old question. Who's the top? Who's the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> and hey, it's The Return of the Show. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.